Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, this is Gina Gardner. I'm a host on Passionate World Radio. I'm also a number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, coach, trainer, and all the work I do is around empowerment. And I'm joined today, as usual, with by Rachel Davidson, who's the author of The Point of Me, also an international uh, bestseller. And today, our theme is going to be all around being assertive. I see lots of clients who come to me because they feel that they lack confidence and they want to be more assertive in their home or at work. They find it very difficult to, um, to stand up for themselves or to take people to task without feeling incredibly nervous and on the back foot. Um, Rachel and I have done a lot talking about this. Uh-huh. In fact, we were only saying earlier that we probably should have um, been recording our conversation um, earlier today. But I want you to think about those situations in your life where you'd like to be more assertive and think about what is it that actually gets in the way. Because understanding yourself and what's going on, I think, is possibly the most powerful tool that you have in terms of being assertive. Yes. And understanding yourself doesn't mean that it all needs to be great. No, no. Because... Being assertive, it isn't about necessarily having no nerves or, you know, not being comfortable, particularly in the first instance, around tackling these things. But it is about recognising that you need to do it and that you're choosing to do it. Yeah, I often think of uh, truly successfully assertive people as those who are capable of speaking their truth and that they do it with grace and gentleness, um, but it is so fundamental to their values, to who they are, that speaking their truth is a very powerful thing. So in in whatever moment or whatever trigger is happening, to be able to be assertive, to risk sticking your head above the parapet, to risk being disliked because of the values or views that you have, but nevertheless staying true to yourself, and speaking them anyway, um, I think that's that is something very admirable in people. Um, I think that's true. I, before we go too much further, and I think you make a very sound point, and we'll come back to that. Mm. I want to make the distinction between mm. being assertive, yes, which for me is speaking your truth, but in a way that um, that doesn't actually destroy other people. Yes. And aggression. Yes, they're and very different. For me, aggression is something that there is, uh, ter- certainly in, in the family and in the work context, mm. there is never an excuse no, for no, aggression. No. And I think we need to be very clear about it. Aggression comes in a lot of forms. Yes. I think most people recognise physical aggression um, or people shouting. 
But there are other forms of aggression, mm. you know, passive aggression, where people can be very quiet mm. uh, and seemingly very compliant, mm. but actually there is a real edge to it yes. and there's a real underlying threat to it. Yes, and, that, and that's the point about aggression, isn't it? That there is always an underlying threat, that yeah. there is an intention by the aggressor to oppress whoever they're dealing with, speaking with and so on. There's, there's that... Um, sort of necessary I'm going to make myself feel better by putting you down through through the aggression which I don't think is present when somebody's being truly assertive no, no. for me aggression is when you are imposing your will yes um, but when you're being assertive you're simply saying this is who I am yes. this is what I believe in and this is the action I'm going to take and it's not about making you Mm. Um, feel worse. Mm. It's about um, this is right. But you can see why people get confused. Yeah. And why somebody can believe they're being assertive, but in actual fact they're being uh, aggressive because it's a very, very subtle line. Well, it can be. And I think often when people are not practiced in being assertive, Uh that in their nerves, in their wish to make a stand, Mm. that they tip over into being aggressive yes. when actually there's no need. Yeah. So I think, you know, be clear, there's some, some rules for me. Mm-hmm. Don't burn your bridges. It's mm-hmm. a very, very long walk round. Yeah. You know, don't do this or I'll, you yes. know, or I'm never going to talk to you again. Yes. You know, that's actually a form of aggression. Mm. And it's really counterproductive. Mm. So be aware that Rather than it being, I'm going to win and you're going to lose, uh-huh. that what you want to come out of this is that people come out win-win, mm. but at least both people come out with their dignity mm. and their sense of self intact. Mm. Yes. The other thing I would say is don't, don't crowd people into a corner. Mm. Because in the same way that if you actually trap an animal in a corner, it will become aggressive because mm. it's fearful... Yeah. I think this is about being open, being able to have a, a discussion about things um, and coming to an accommodation. But sometimes when you are um, needing to be assertive and attempting to be assertive, you, you still, with with as much grace and gentleness as, as you can muster, you still sometimes have to give people messages that they're not like, they just don't want to hear. I think that's absolutely true. I think, for me, one of the greatest compliments I ever had from a young teacher was... Mm. You can tell me that I've done something wrong, and you I know you mean it, mm-hmm. but you do it in a way that makes me feel that like I can do it better. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the skill, mm-hmm. is how can you be very clear about what's acceptable mm-hmm. and what's not acceptable mm-hmm. without destroying that other person's mm-hmm. confidence. And part of that is, if you want to criticise a behaviour, mm-hmm. something's going wrong, Go for the behaviour. Yeah. So rather than what a stupid person you are, mm, yeah. that behaviour is pretty stupid yeah. and not what I expect from you because yeah. you're better than that. Yeah. And there's a qualitative difference, isn't there, yes. in the two conversations. Yes. Which leads me on nicely to, you know, it's so easy when you're cross, when you're angry, to say and do things either in a way that, 
is not appropriate yeah. or to say or do things that you regret later when yeah. you've calmed down. Well, by definition, if you're angry, you're not going to be capable of being assertive. So whatever you do, mm. in whatever context it is, manage your emotional self first. Mm. You know, people talk a lot about emotional intelligence these days. Mm. I mean, it was some in my working career, it's something that early on was was never part of people's conversation. No, right. In fact, people were judged by their IQ, their intellectual yes. yeah. ability. It's said now that your IQ gets you the job and your EQ keeps you the job and gets you the promotion. <laughs> I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> Managing your emotional state is important. Now, lots of people say to me, well, but I need them to know. And I said, that's fine. You just simply say, neutral voice and we'll talk a lot about neutral voice no edge no wine no aggression in the voice i need to get myself together first i'll talk to you when i can talk to you calmly because we there's another phrase that we that we use a lot in our conversations about you know the importance of being right is highly overvalued hugely when when people begin to you know move into that right i need to be assertive here a lot of it can be driven by that belief that they are right and the other person is wrong so they have a perspective that is perhaps incorrect and and they believe that they're speaking the truth and and fundamentally can believe they're speaking the truth but the trouble with the truth is that it's many many faceted isn't it and somebody's truth is not necessarily another person's truth and even if it is an absolute truth Mm. and there aren't too many of those particularly when you're talking about relationships but even if it is and you want to get your point across the way of getting your point across is hugely important yeah I was going to talk about this later but maybe it's it's a good idea to talk about the neutral voice the neutral body language now I've years of dealing with pupils parents staff clients people in business and what I recognize is when you want to say something that's unpalatable Mm -hmm. it's really important to prepare yourself Mm. one emotionally to get yourself completely under control Mm. because when you use a neutral voice no whine no edge no aggression and you are prepared you can say things in a way where people can't wriggle yeah, yeah. The minute you use a voice or a body language or an mm. approach which is aggressive or which is whining, oh, don't do that. Mm. People latch onto the voice mm-hmm. and not to the content of what you're saying. Yes, yes. And they can wriggle. Yeah. They can get aggrieved if you're being angry. They can think, oh, she's off on one again. She's yeah. nagging. She's whining or whatever. Yeah. And they can dismiss the content of what you're saying. Mm. If you're able to use a neutral voice, rather as I'm using with you, Mm. um, Rachel, I need to talk to you about this. And I'd really like you to listen and hear me out. And then you'll have your opportunity to speak. See, I I know that some important message is coming my way now. (laughs) And now I have to listen. (laughs) And then you actually state your case, no exaggeration, keep to the facts. And the impact of that. People find it very much more difficult then to wriggle. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'd come to you and said, Rachel, 
stop it, you're doing yeah. something that annoys me, yeah. using that voice. Or, Rachel, stop it. Oh, yeah, no, that, that definitely has a different energetic emo- emotional feel on, on me <laughs> as to, oh, no, what's coming? Yeah. And I, I think very much of, you know, parents being assertive with their children. I think, you know, there are some things that can be really, really helpful. Mm. For example, we use the word don't a lot. Yeah. But if I say to listeners, don't think of pink elephants uh, or blue elephants, you have to think about the elephant before yeah. you can choose not to think about the elephant. Yeah, that's like a fundamental universal law that you can only create. And in creation, then you can think about the deletion. <laughs> but, but you have to create first. The difficulty is if you've got children and you say, don't do that, yeah. they only hear the do that. Yes. Yes. It's one of the reasons why if you're driving along a road mm. and there are, uh, along the side of the road there are huge gaps in the odd tree mm. that the car that's gone off the road goes into the tree uh. because people as they are steering or not yeah. go don't hit the tree don't hit the tree and the brain says the tree, tree the tree <laughs> and off they go yeah. so yeah. if you're in that situation you should be saying yes. look for the space yes. look for the space yes but it's the same when parents are nagging. How often do they say, don't do that? Yeah, yeah. I, that takes me back to when my children were young, and I always tried to use the positive variant of what I was trying. So if I, if I was tempted to say, don't spill your milk, I would catch myself and say, keep the milk in the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to work at it, though, don't you? Because it, it, it's... Oh, yeah. But remember, 95% of what we do is habitual. So if you create a new habit, which is about stating things in the positive, Mm. that will help. The other thing is to think that we use the word no Mm. in a very interesting way. I call it the Tesco's version of the word no. So parents are in um, a shop and the child's being uh, whiny and saying, can I have, can I have? And the parent says, no. No, you can't. No, 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 no. And then eventually the child wears them down and they say, oh, go on then. Yeah. And they devalue the word no yes. to the point where no means if you keep on long enough. Then you'll get it. Then you'll get it. <laughs> now, the trouble is we learn these patterns as children. Mm. However, we take those patterns into adulthood. Mm. Yeah. And if you're a manager of people and you're wanting to be more assertive, recognise that actually in many ways you're the daddy or you're the mummy and you need to be as mindful as people with teenage children um, when you're dealing with your staff. Now, I'm not suggesting that you put a curfew on what time they come come back (laughs) in. (laughs) But there are very clear similarities around being clear about what you want. And I think that's another issue, that be clear what you want and why it's important to you. Mm. Because being assertive for the sake of being assertive is silly. Yes. I can remember running a a course, a workshop around saying no graciously, and I think that probably deserves um, a radio show of its own. And we were working um, with a whole group, real mixture of people. It was at a university. It was the staff at a university. Right. Um, and one woman said, but I don't want to say no. And I, well, mm. if you don't want to say no, don't say no. Mm. Say yes. Yes. But have the, the yeah. choice. Yes, yeah. It is your choice. Yeah. 
And if you're finding that you're putting other people first, that you never say no, that you um, yeah. that you are find yourself being given more and more work to do, for example, at work, mm. then there is a time to say, actually, I'd be happy to do it, but which of these priorities should I now mm. drop in order to be able to do mm. what you want me to do? Mm. But if you said that with an edge in your voice, it would come across as very aggressive and actually being yeah. very um, unhelpful. Yeah. Whereas if you do it in the right way, you can just let the powers that be know, you know, there is only so much time and actually which is the priority. So being assertive, as you said earlier, and I absolutely agree, is about being able to stand in your truth. Mm. It's about being who you are. Mm. But I would say a lot of people don't actually know what their truth is. You see, that that brings to mind something that I watched on Instagram yesterday where one one of the ladies I, I follow, she's got hundreds of thousands of followers and she um she's an interior designer just just to explain that that's why she's on instagram but she did suffer from cancer a few years back and she was basically on instagram saying um because i because i faced death and suffered cancer i now speak my mind and and um so i think this is a good thing you need to speak your mind and then she said does get me into trouble a lot because my mouth just opens and i just say what i think and I honestly believe that she feels that she is living her truth and being assertive, and yet it gets her into trouble. I think we've got to, to differentiate between speaking your truth mm-hmm. and actually being unkind. Mm. Um, I worked, when I was first ahead, the acting deputy was told not to apply because they were going to appoint a man. Right. Mm. And I was appointed. Um was somebody who used her badge of being northern and right. being blunt right. um, as um, a, an opening yes. to be incredibly unkind. Yes, it's, it's like those people that come to you and say, I, I'm one of those people who speaks their mind, and you and you cringe inside because you think, oh, Lord. Is this, What's coming now? Is that just like your, your caveat for you can say anything to me and then just say, well, I told you I spoke my mind, yeah. and, and I've just got to accept it, have I? That is not being assertive, that's being aggressive, and it's not speaking your truth. Because I would say when you're truly standing in your power, when you're being genuinely who you're destined to be, that it's not about I need to feel more important, more powerful in order Mm. to feel good about myself. My power does not diminish yours. Yeah, exactly. I can speak my truth, but I can do it in a way that actually does not in any way diminish you. Mm. I can say what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. Mm. It's not acceptable to me. It doesn't Mm. fit with my values. But it doesn't make your values any more important than mine. It simply is that they're different. And I am speaking to you, letting you know that they're different. Yes. Not that I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Now, I there are, accept that there are situations that, you know, if you were uh, a murderer, mm-hmm. I don't think that anything makes murder right. No. However, being assertive in that situation is, uh, for most of us, very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Most of us are mm-hmm. in a situation where um, you are dealing with people in home or at work mm-hmm. and you need to get your point of view across. Mm-hmm. 
or you, you're being challenged to not put your point of view across you're being challenged to actually shut up and go with the flow yes and to stand against that I mean there are many many studies aren't there about human psychology and what a sheep mentality we we want we to belong yes it's it's so hot wired into us that it we really need is. to be part of the group yes look at peer group pressure yes. as a teenager mm. the, you know the need to um, to belong means that the children will not fulfill their their academic ability because they don't want to be seen as the swat yeah. or the nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we do it in, in every way. Kids don't want to wear school uniform, but they'll go yeah. and all wear the same thing yes. to belong. Yes. And that carries through, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, it, it is a very strong, very admirable person who can stand up for their views in, in a room where they know their views are unpopular. And talk about those unpopular views with a sense of truth and grace and acknowledgement that others have other points of view. It's a very strong person to be able to do that. I mean, I'm reminded of, you know, situations when I was a head teacher, for example, mm -hmm. where there were things forced upon us by government or yeah. by local authority that I didn't agree with. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in the workplace and you're, the powers that be say that you've got to implement a, B, or C. Yes. There is no doubt that there will be times when you think I don't agree with this. Yeah, that, that, that it'll feel like it's absolutely ruining your integrity. Yeah. And so you have two choices, mm -hmm. as I see it. Well, three. One, you can completely um, lie down and accept it. Yeah. And take on board that it doesn't sit well with your values. Yeah. The second is that you can work with it to find a way mm. that works for you and mm. actually find a way of implementing things that do sit with your values. Mm. And I'll give you a small example. Um, in the UK, in the, um, in the 2000s, mm. they implemented um, a, a, a whole system for teaching of reading. Right. Um, and it was about breaking books up into photocopied pages oh, okay. and I'm so anti that as a process not not doing it occasionally but this is the whole thing, the whole thing. Okay. The children were never going to see a whole book what? never read a story from beginning to end as part of the curriculum right. and I thought this was madness mm. we just had an offset inspection which said that our teaching of reading was exemplary right. now lots of schools just didn't do the government initiative, yeah. which hadn't been tried and tested. It was one of those things which um, yeah. somebody thought they had a good idea. Um, but rather than not do it, I went to the local authority and I said, we've just been told that our teaching um, of, of English, including reading, is, is exemplary. Um, and we use whole books to do that. Mm. We break it down, but we use whole books. We want yeah. children to understand and enjoy reading. Yes. Um, come in and inspect us. Have a look at what we're doing. And if you believe that the new system is better, yeah. we'll look again. Yeah. But if you believe that what we're doing is serving our children well, yes. I want, in writing, okay. your agreement that we can do it. Okay. And we got it. Right. Interestingly, 18 months later, they realised that the system that they were trying to introduce didn't work. Yeah. And it was overhauled and they brought in back whole yeah. books. Yeah. 
But that's 18 months of children's education. Yeah, well, for some children, that's, you know... Critical. A yeah. whole year of, uh, of a critical uh, education, exactly. So my approach was to really examine what we were doing, and I think that's important, mm. to look at why is it that you don't agree. Mm. And if you really examine things often you'll find that you there is a way of implementing things in a way that sits with your values. Yes. But if it doesn't, then change it, but be upfront about it. Yes. And then the, the final choice, if you really cannot find a way of living with something that sits with your values and finding a way, yeah. then your choice is to go and find another job. Yeah. Because if you stay in a place where your values are at variance with what you're being asked to do yeah. consistently... It's damaging. Yes, yes. You will find that you become more and more unhappy. Yes, and unless a leader, one who wasn't as confident in um, the the achievements to date, wasn't as confident in the skills of the team around them, um, was um, worried about their own status, then a lesser leader wouldn't have gone and challenged the the authorities in the way that uh, you describe. They they would have just gone with the flow because let's face it it's easier to not be assertive isn't it very often it is <laughs> yeah and sometimes you have to take a bit of a risk i should say it's easier in the moment yes. not to be assertive but yes. it always kicks you later yes. on doesn't it if you don't deal with something generally speaking the problem gets bigger yeah and i would say that for me when i work with businesses that's one of the biggest challenges that managers have mm. that they don't say anything and they don't say anything and they don't say anything mm. And then there's a big blow up because it yeah. becomes so frustrating. Yeah. Or they wait till the year's appraisal and then they say it's all yeah. been useless. Yeah. And actually, they're not only doing themselves a disservice and their organisation, but they're also doing a disservice to the person involved. Yeah. So for me, a lot of it is how you set expectations right from the start. Yes. In this organisation or in this team or in this family, this is our expectation of mm. you. Yeah. And we will expect you to comply because, and then the, the why becomes very important. Mm. Mm. And you want people to understand the why. Mm. I was watching a, a, a television programme last week where there were two children doing very badly at school. And the school wanted to experiment in terms of, was it school or was it home? Mm. And so these two children um, actually went to live with two other pupils within the school yeah. um, and those were pupils with very good work habits and so on mm. and it was interesting watching how their parents of the, the children the host parents mm. were very nicely very lovingly assertive mm. in this house this is how we do it mm. and they took an interest and you know one of those pupils was consistently late mm. but when he was with the host family he was never late. Mm. You know, I yeah. think that we're often frightened to set down the ground rules. And so yes. long as those ground rules are reasonable and there's a yes. rationale for them, yeah. that setting those down and when people don't comply, very gently initially saying, that's what was agreed, yeah. that, that's or that's what's expected, yeah. you're not meeting that. Yeah. Um, and I think lots of times people duck out because they're frightened that they don't know how to manage it or that they will botch it up or that they'll upset somebody. I was going to say that they'll end up being disliked. And, yeah. And that is um, 
you know, a, a very, very big and real present fear. Um, in my corporate life, I had a, a manager who would constantly say to me about how you had to do the tough stuff and it's not about people liking you, Rachel. And um, he didn't have it quite right because um, I'm sure um, when he delivered some of the tough stuff, he, he did it in a manner that was much more aggressive than it was assertive. Yes. In a very you know, macho way that didn't sit well with my values. Um, I wanted to be able to do the tough stuff in a, in a more, what I used to think of as more gentle, more um, less disruptive and definitely less egotistical way. Yeah. Um, but, but I couldn't find a way to, to achieve that within that organisation because it was about being macho. And, um, and so I used to think of myself as quite the failure for being able to do the tough stuff. Subsequently, when I've come out of that environment and able to be in environments that are a little bit more matching my values, I don't feel so bad about doing the tough stuff, actually. I think I'm quite good at, at doing it when pushed. Um, because I don't, you know, I don't, my, my version of the truth, my version of me, I belong to this, is that I don't want to do the macho oppressive stuff. I want actually people to understand and take on responsibility for themselves and not to be battered into it. I want them to learn. <laughs> but the learning process, I think, has to start with having some clear idea of what is expected. And yeah. if you don't know what's expected, then you do what you think. Yeah. Um, so I think you're absolutely right that, that doing that um, is important, doing it in a, a firm but gentle way. Yeah. Um, but actually, the firmness has to come too. Yes. And that, you know, there are certain things which are always going to be either acceptable or not acceptable. Mm. And when there's a grey area, then you sit down and you negotiate. Mm. The problem is, I think, for many people at work and at home, mm. is that they live in the grey area. Yeah. And nobody quite knows what's expected or that the, the um, goalposts change. Mm. And I think if that's the case, then it's difficult. There needs to be some level of consistency. And that's telling, isn't it, too, of how people themselves, for their own lives, live in a grey area and they don't do the, the work on themselves to get clarity, yes. to get light on who they are, where they stand, why they stand there, you know, what kinds of attachments and uh, connections they've got and why. Um, and that's the true sense of belonging, I think, and that's what gives you the ability to be assertive yes. in, in the true sense of the gentle, standing firm. And I think the more you know yourself and the more you recognise who you are um, and the fact that you can be you without in any way lessening other people, you don't yes. have to be more important, you are equally important. Yes. And, you know, recognising that when you choose to stand up, and standing is a, you know, your body language is mm. really important. If you mm. want to feel more assertive, get yourself mm. into somewhere quiet and stand as if you are a medieval king with absolute power. Mm. Because it's around the intention in your head very often mm. um, that helps you to feel that you're in control. Yeah. Get yourself emotionally under control. Yeah expect to be listened to mm. and you'll find that it gets easier mm. if you need any help you can contact me through the website genuinely-you.com um, and i'll happily give you some individual help um, if there are any themes you'd like covered in the radio show mm. please let us know again through the website genuinely-you you can find rachel's book the point of me on amazon 
and you can find all of my books, including a free digital download of the latest bestseller, um, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Um, you can get a free digital download at genuinely-you.com. Thanks for listening and we look forward to being with you again soon. Take care. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.